Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Let's come back to the house of the Lord tonight. Our service is at 6 o'clock with prayer. 6.30 service time starts. And I encourage every one of you to come back and be with us tonight. Let's don't just be Sunday morning only, folks. Let's make a habit out of being in the house of the Lord. Numbers 21, verse 17. Then Israel sang this song. Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. The princes digged the well, and the nobles of the people digged it. By the direction of the lawgiver with their staves. And from the wilderness they went to Matana. I want you to notice verse 17. Then Israel sang this song. Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. Spring up, O well. I'd like to lift those words as a subject here this morning. Spring up, O well. I know that that is a familiar cliche that we use from the Word of God, Maybe a familiar passage, but I think sometimes we don't realize all the background involved with what was going on with the people of God during this time, or everything that encompasses this passage of Scripture. So I hope to help us a little bit here this morning. Why don't you lift up your voice again with me, and let's pray for the anointing of the Lord. Let's pray for the touch of God upon this service. Jesus, we really do need you. We hunger and desire for your spirit to move and your work to be done, your will to be accomplished in this place. I pray that you would touch each and every hungry heart that is here. We're desiring you to have your way. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Could you give praise to him again? Hallelujah. Isn't he worthy? Come on, isn't he worthy this morning of all of our praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Spring up, oh well. Going back, speaking about this man, Moses, one of the greatest miracles that Scripture records happened in the life of Moses as he led the children of Israel in the wilderness. Now, we know that there's many miracles, probably as many as to challenge a lot of things that you read about in the New Testament happen through the ministry and the life of Moses in the Old Testament. Many of them were types and shadows of things to come. And one miracle that stands out to me 
is, of course, after they came out of Egypt and they were wandering in the wilderness for those four decades that they spent there, the Scripture indicates to us that there were many times that they were in need of water. In this harsh environment, it was essential that they have water to survive. And uh, again, in the wilderness, it was a challenge to find it because there was no infrastructure. There was, there was no known, they didn't really know or, or was not familiar with the locations that they were going to be. They were a f- people that were on the move. They were walking towards their promise, although there were delays in, in arriving there. Let me just say that that to receive water was a challenge for them because uh, they did not know the landscape. They didn't know where to go to find it. And uh, this was a desert place, a wasteland. And so when you consider that and also consider the fact that there was hundreds of thousands of people that would need water, so it wasn't like just a few people that were traveling together that would drink out of a canteen and, and that would suffice. But there was a need of a lot of water to quench the thirst of this multitude. And in Exodus 17, the children of Israel began to chide, the Bible says. That's a Hebrew word, really, or an old English word describing Hebrew terminology that they they began to talk back to him. And the scripture says that they began to murmur to Moses that he had brought them out of Egypt where at least they had water to drink. And at least they had nourishment and food to offer them strength to do their daily chores. Uh, you know, it's amazing how that when you when you move into a different dimension than what you're used to, something that you're unfamiliar with, and if there's challenges, you forget how bad it was in your past. You forget some of the difficulties and things that you went through to get to where you are. And it's easy for all of us to remember the good old days and to glamorize and look back with some type of romanticism at the good old days when really the good old days weren't all good. There was some bad days mixed in with it, and there certainly was for Israel. It was because of their cry for deliverance that God began to make a way for them to escape Egypt in the first place. So everything was not great. Everything was not perfect for them, or they would not have desired to leave Egypt to begin with. But now just a little journey out into the wilderness. And they're already complaining to their leader Moses about the situation with the lack of water. And so the Lord speaks to Moses here in Exodus 17. And and he tells him together or to assemble the people in a certain place. And there he led him to a specific rock. And he said the, the rock. Uh, that that you see before you. I want you to take the rod that is in your hand, the same rod that you used to strike the waters in Egypt and they turned to blood, the same rod that you lifted over the churning Red Sea and it divided hither and thither. 
and you walked across on dry ground. You take that same rod and you strike this rock. And the scripture says when he did, water began to flow from that. And now that's an amazing miracle to me. And uh, I think sometimes we read about these things and because it's something that we do not directly relate to or maybe uh, nowadays we, we think of the conveniences that we have and we don't consider the plight that they were in and the condition and the challenge that was before them that they needed this water so desperately and God chose this unorthodox method to provide them water. He could have led them to a river. He could have led them to where a well or a spring was. But this particular time, he tells their leader, Moses, to strike a rock with a rod and water flowed from it. And it was enough, again, to satisfy and quench the thirst of hundreds of thousands of people that were there in need of it. In case you're wondering, God is able to supply our needs. Just in case there's ever been a doubt in your mind. I I just want to remind you again, we're serving a God that is able to provide for his people no matter what the situation is, no matter what you encounter. You may think this is so peculiar, this is so... Uh, unordinary this uh, nobody's probably ever faced anything like this nobody's ever been up against anything just like this i want to tell you that god has never faced a challenge that he couldn't overcome god has never been in a position that he couldn't provide for his people god has never been in a place that he couldn't come through for those that prayed and those that would be obedient to him and those that would open up their heart to, to allow him to move in their life Oh, somebody ought to clap their hands and praise to the Lord. Somebody ought to give a shout of glory unto the Lord. The Bible tells us that Paul kind of hooks on to this and begins to talk about this occasion. And he gives us and sheds a little light on this story that, that even makes it more miraculous to me. For in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 verse 4, and he says... And did all, speaking of the congregation of Israel, drink that same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And I'm a literalist. I, I know a lot of times people try to speak as though this is maybe an allegory or, or they look at passages like this and they, they try to uh, logically uh, describe what happened and, 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 and I think there's a danger in that. But the Bible tells us right here that they all drank from that rock. Every one of them, every one of them that was thirsty, everyone that, that had a desire to drink was satisfied and it was supplied to them from that one rock. All of them. That tells me every need that is in this house, he's able to supply. 
every person. There may be somebody over here that needs healing. And there might be somebody over there that needs the Holy Ghost. And there might be somebody back there that needs a touch of deliverance. And there might be somebody in another corner of this sanctuary that's been praying for a long time about a certain need in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. Out of that one rock, the Bible says that there float enough water to supply every need and quench the thirst of every person that was there. That's amazing, folks. I said that's a miracle, folks. That's just exactly how great my God is, though. That's just how wonderful my God is and how powerful my God is. But again, he goes a little further and he said that rock followed them. Now, I don't know how that happened. They didn't load it up. They didn't put it on a chariot. Somebody didn't come by with a wheelbarrow and say, put that, man, that's a miraculous rock right there. Let's keep that. Let's memorialize that. No, the Bible said that rock followed them. I didn't, it wasn't just a need that came and went. A miracle that, that, that happened and then it was over with. But it was an ongoing miracle. It was a process. Whenever you have need, right here, right now, God is able to supply that need. It didn't go away. It, it didn't just fade in their memory. Every time that they had a need, they could look at that one rock and say, out of that rock, he supplied all the need at that time in Israel. Can I preach to you? And I know this is an unusual story, and I know it's hard for us uh, to get our minds around because we're we're used to walking over the tap and and turning the knob and and water flowing out of it. Most of us probably don't even know the source of that water or how it gets there, but we know when we turn it on, it's supposed to come out, and we're supposed to be able to receive water from it. But he brought water water from a rock, and not only did suffice the need then, but the need continued to be sufficed and it followed them I said it followed them and then Paul goes a little bit further and said I just want to break out and tell you something he said that rock is Christ Jesus Hallelujah. I believe I read somewhere where Jesus said, I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, but I'll be with you. I'm not going to forsake you when you got trouble. I'm not going to leave you when, when you get a challenge in your life you don't know what to do with. I'm not going to leave you when a need arises, but I'll follow you. I'll be there with you. I believe I read somewhere where the Bible said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I, I'm preaching to somebody in this place. He's not going to leave you when you need him most that he'll be there to meet your need. If he supplied it once in your life, he could supply it today. If he moved once in your life, he can move right now. Somebody lift up your hands and let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's give glory to the Lord right now. Let's give thanks to the Lord right now. Yeah. 
You know what Paul was talking about? He was talking about a type and a shadow that was to come. He was speaking of Christ that would be smitten at Calvary. And when he was pierced, his side was pierced. Blood and water would flow from it. And because of Christ being smitten at Calvary, the desires of every person that wants and prays for deliverance in this house, every person that struggles with sin and can't overcome it in your flesh, you'll never be able to overcome it in your flesh. You can't get rid of the habit on your own. You can't get over the addiction by yourself. You can't lay it down, amen, by yourself. But there's a God that is in this house. And I'm telling you, he's already went to the cross. The rock has already been smitten at Calvary. And through that blood, we're able to overcome because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. We can have healing. We can have deliverance. We have hope. We can have salvation. Somebody ought to praise his name this morning. And so, in one chapter before the one that I read as a text this morning, in chapter 20, a similar situation arose, and God told him at this point to speak to the rock. Don't smite it, speak to it. And he was so angry because of the murmurings of the people. I mean, after all, God was allowing their food to fall out of the heavens. He was supplying for them at every point that they had need of him. And yet they were still murmuring after all the miracles. I mean, ten plagues slammed into Egypt, one right after another, that were miraculous. And it was as if Moses was saying, Is this not enough? Has God not proved to you he's not going to let you down? I mean, all you got to do is look out there. We got a rock that follows us. He's proven to us over and over again that he's able to supply our needs. He's able to watch over us and take care of us. And in his anger, he said it worked once, it'll work again. And he smote the rock. And yes, water flowed from it, but God was angry because of his disobedience. And it cost this man his ability to go into the promised land with all the children of Israel at the appointed time. But notice what the Lord commanded him to do. He said, Because this rock is to be a type of Jesus Christ. And he is only going to Calvary once and for all. Before that, in the Old Testament, it took perpetually, lamb after lamb. It took took bullock after bullock. It took turtle dove after turtle dove. And still, sin was only pushed ahead. It was never cleansed. It was only covered. It was never taken away. It was just... It was just moved ahead. But because of what Jesus did at Calvary, we have the ability once and for all, the Bible says. That act that he gave to us at Calvary by submitting himself to the cross, taking on humanity and and humbling himself as a servant Doing something that he didn't have to do, but, but willingly being that sacrifice for all of us. Because of that one occasion, because of that one event, he said it never has to happen again. 
You don't have to worry about dragging up a lamb. You don't have to worry about going out and finding a bullock. You don't have to go and find a turtle dove uh, to take care of sin. But I have taken care of it uh, at Calvary. And that's why God was angry with Moses. That rock uh, is to be a type of Christ Jesus. And he is only to be smitten once. He's only to be struck once. He's only to take a wound once. But after he's resurrected, amen, all of us can be overcomers by what he did for us at Calvary. And he said, from then on, I want you to try a different method. He said, I want you to speak to it. Well, I think there's a little typology there. Amen. If you got faith this morning, you don't have to go through human means. You don't have to use human strength. You don't have to use ingenuity of yourself. You don't have to use your own ability. But you can have faith in God. Amen. And in his word. And you can pray this morning. You could speak to God this morning. And if you speak to him. He'll do what you need him to do in your life. He'll help you where you need help. He'll strengthen you where you need strength. He'll give to you what you need in this house. Amen. He'll bless you if you need blessing. He'll save you if you need salvation. Somebody open up your mouth and talk to him today. Somebody lift up your voice and speak to him today. Articulate a prayer. Open up your heart in faith and believe God at his word this morning. Come on, clap your hands and let's give some praise to the Lord. So, those were great miracles where God, we we read about times where he led them to where springs were and the springs were bitter and, and Moses would put a branch into the stream and the scripture says the water was made sweet I mean, these are awesome miracles of God. But you understand by this point in Numbers 21, God is trying to transition his people. They're going to enter into a promised land. They're not going to move and operate and live by the same customs and the same habits. And they're not going to live the same way that they've always lived. They're going to make a transition. And I want you to understand something here. I just feel like working this over just a little bit. When God gives you a spiritual shift and takes you out of of something into something new, there's a there that I believe that's why the Bible talks so much about the renewing of the mind. Because it doesn't matter what kind of uh, miracle you get. If your mindset doesn't change, you'll be right back to where you was before. It doesn't matter how miraculous the church service was and what kind of victory you receive. If your mindset doesn't change. If you don't get leeks and garlic out of your mind. If you don't get... Egypt out of your mind and replace it with the things of God. It won't be long that you'll be right back there in bondage again. So I believe when spiritual transformation comes to a person's life, it doesn't just affect certain aspects of us and leave others alone, but it affects every part of us. And I don't have time to go into it, but the Bible tells us that we're body, soul, and spirit. And somebody said, what's the difference in the spirit and the body? Well, 
Your spirit is connected to your mind. Your soul can be saved. And your mind can still be messed up if you're not careful. And you have to be renewed in your mind. To be able to do that perfect will of God, the Bible says. In Romans chapter number 12. So we understand that we need God. And it's not just a one-time deal. Sometimes we got, you've heard of an attitude of adjustment. Sometimes we need a godly attitude adjustment. Sometimes we got to go back uh, to the altar and say, God, uh, I need a checkup from the neck up. God, I need you to deal with me. I need you to change my thing. I've had some doubt enter my thinking. I've had some confusion enter into my thinking. I've had some unbelief creep into my thinking. I've had some bitterness creep into my thinking. I've had some offense creep into my thinking. I've had a bad attitude about things creep into my thinking. Oh, no. Amen. Somewhere along the way, you got to get back to that altar and say, let me be renewed in my mind again. Let me be refreshed in my mind again. And for all of you that think because you got the Holy Ghost back in 1989 that that's all you need and that's going to do you all the way until the rapture, I got another thought for you. You need to come back and be renewed again. You need to pray until you speak in tongues again. You need a fresh up-to-date experience in God. Don't depend on something you got 25 years ago. We're serving a living God. We're serving a God that is able to renew you and refresh fresh you in the Holy Ghost. Somebody say yes. Come on, say it like you mean it. Yes. Praise God. Come on, this Holy Ghost is not a one-time deal. As glorious as it was when you got the Holy Ghost, whenever it was. Oh, Lord, take me back. But some of us have never been back. Some of us have never taken the trip. Because that takes effort. That requires something of us. You may have to let go of your dignity. You, you may have to let go of your pride. You may have to forgive somebody of that offense. You may have to let down. You may give up some of that bitterness you've harbored in your heart. If you ever get back. You remember when you first got in this thing. You said, God, whatever you got to do to me. Whatever it takes to get this. Whatever I got to do to get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, that's what's going to keep you saved. Is that same attitude that said, God, I'm so hungry. God, I'm so desirous to be saved. Whatever you have to do to me, don't let me be lost for eternity. I want to be saved. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, well, you was preaching pretty good before, but now you're messing around a little bit, Brother Calhoun. Yeah. Well, I'm fixing to dig this morning a little bit. Yeah. That was the miracle for then. But the miracle of now was going to require something more of them. When you came to an altar, there were certain things that God expected of you when you first came to Him. But considering how your life was, that was a pretty easy, easy thing to repent. 
Considering how messed up your life was, it was a pretty easy thing to lay that all down. But I'm going to tell you, if you need a miracle further along the journey, sometimes it requires a little bit more of us. He said, I'm trying to transition you because the promised land, Canaan's land, is not going to be like Egypt. And if you're living with an Egyptian mindset, you're not going to be able to survive in the promised land. So i got to transition you out of me doing everything for you. Some of us wouldn't need so much of God's deliverance if we'd get some discipline in our lives. But we pray after the fact, after we've made support. You think about your life. It's because you made this decision there and that decision over there and that decision over there. That's why you've ended up in the place you're at. I know it may dry up in here, but uh, we're going to get a well springing up before this service is over. And then all of a sudden you run, God deliver me and he's merciful and he's good to us and he gives us what we don't deserve. But I just wonder sometimes if I would have developed some discipline in my life, I would not have needed his miraculous deliverance quite so much. It could have been focused. My prayers could have been focused. My faith could have been focused on God doing something else and perhaps doing it for somebody else. But I'm still working over some details in my life that I should have gotten over a long time ago because I didn't recognize that after God delivered me, i got to come behind that and i got to put some dip- discipline in there. Boy, that discipline's a dirty word, isn't it? Come on, you're looking at me like I'm strange or something. Don't tell me you hadn't wanted to throw that alarm clock across the room. Oh, you did. You did do it. You didn't just think about it. You did it. Don't don't tell me. You hadn't wanted to say, I'm just going to call in sick this morning. Discipline. Amen. If we're going to have a move of God and a revival that God wants us to have, if we're going to have the deep things of God that wants, God wants us to experience, it's going to take some discipline. Not just praying until you get out of trouble or until the problem goes away, but praying out of discipline and a love for God. Amen. And if you'll start with discipline, that discipline will turn into devotion. And when you get to that place of devotion, you'll begin to delight in being in the presence of the Lord and spending time with God. But you got to start out with saying, flesh, let me get you by the nap of the neck. Let me take you to the prayer room because you may not recognize it right now, but you need to pray. You need to die out. You're, you're getting too carnal. You're taking over too much. You're crowding out too much of God in my life. I've got to have you, Jesus, to help me. Yeah. And so he said, I want you to gather the people. Notice this happened when they were able to gather together. It wasn't just a miracle for individual. But he said, the great miracles that I'm going to give you, it's going to be because you're together. Assembled together. And he brings them to this, again, a specific place. Be'er. And if you'll look that up in the Hebrew, it means well. But there was no well there. All of the miracle was beneath the surface. 
Everything that they thirst for was beneath us. Everything that they needed had to be dug up. It took discipline for them to do it. So he tells them, he said, it's under your feet. You're in a place of potential. And he said, this is how we're going to start. We're going to start by singing. We're going to start by singing about things that we cannot see. We're going to start singing in faith and worshiping in faith for things that have not happened yet. We're going to start singing, spring up, oh well. Sing unto it, he said. Sing unto something that you didn't see yet. Oh, that's the problem with a lot of us. We want to see it, then we want to worship. We want it to happen, then we're going to respond. We want it to take place, and then we'll shout. But what God is saying on this Sunday morning, do you have enough faith to shout before I give it to you? Before the promise is fulfilled? Before the miracle takes place? Do you have enough faith to step out and shout and praise God? God, when you don't feel anything, when you have nothing to respond to, you can't go by sight, you can't go by anything that you feel, amen, you just got to step out and say, God, I'm going to sing, spring up, there's water here somewhere, there's potential in this place, there's a promise to be fulfilled. Come on, I'm asking somebody to sing. I'm asking somebody, come on, I'm asking somebody to praise him. I'm asking somebody this morning to worship in lieu of a miracle that is to come for you. Hallelujah. He said, it's got to be unearthed. So I'm asking you to dig. And this is the next, this next part's what astonishes me in verse 18. He says, and the princes dug. He uses that King James English, digged. The princes digged. And the nobles of the people digged. It doesn't matter how princely you think you are, you still got to dig if you want a miracle. No matter how much nobility you think you have, you still got to dig if you want a miracle. You may not feel like a shovel fits your hand because I'm too princely for that. But you still have to dig if you want a miracle. You may feel like, hey man, it's beneath me to do that. But you got to dig if you want a miracle. Oh, used to you could depend on Moses to strike the rock and it was done and water flowed and everybody's thirst was quenched. But you know what God wants you to do this time? He wants you to get a shovel. He wants you to take up a stave. He wants you to start digging. He wants you to get blisters on your hands. He wants you to get dirt on your garments. He wants you to get rid of your stinking pride. And he wants you to begin to dig. And if you'll dig, I promise you, water will flow because we're we're in the place of potential. We're in the place of promise. We're in the place where prayers are answered. We're in the place where the miraculous happens. We're in the place where victories come. We're in the place. Come on, does anybody hear me this morning? Amen. We're in the place it can happen. But you're going to have to dig and unearth some things in your life. Now, if you, if you think 
that you're going to be able to sit back with your princely tire on and get a miracle. It isn't going to happen like that. We're engaging things today that we've never engaged before. I was just in uh, New Orleans for a couple of days, and we went to a restaurant, and don't get me started. Don't get me started. I mean, I didn't go there, but you can look down Bourbon Street, and you couldn't, there's not enough room to wiggle. But you can't get in a restaurant without taking a shot. And I've taken the shot. But don't get me started. Amen. So we're sitting on the street. Amen. I'll probably get some criticism for that last statement, but, you know, I've been criticized before. I'm just telling you, our world's gone crazy. You could mandate something like that, but you can't stand up to transgender agendas. You can mandate something like that, but you can't mandate that they teach sense to our kids in school instead of that lunacy. Give me a break. Don't tell me to put a sock in my mouth. If you're bold enough to speak up, the pulpits of America needs to speak up again. So, so, so. So we get, we're, we're sitting on the street. And you know, this is a city that is, uh, I mean, I could, I could go into it, but you, you talk about darkness. There's darkness exponential there. And we have this young lady with us that her father just passed away, Brother Wesley Jackson's brother just passed away. So we're, we've got a large group and she's, and these people come by and for some reason they key in on this. And they, because of the vulnerability and the situation, and I, I realize this is a this is deeper than just a couple of yahoos that's walking by. This is a spiritual thing. And finally, I just stood up. And I said, "It's time for you to move on. Time go on, go on down the sidewalk." And they like to ran through themselves. They tell me, I don't know, but they tell me I got one of these real bad looks when I get angry. But I, I, was, I was not angry at the people as much as I was the devil. Because the devil will steamroll you. I said the devil will steamroll you if you just sit down and let him. He'll take as much ground from you as you will. I'm not out for challenging the devil, but I'm telling you if he challenges us, we have to meet him at the 50-yard line. We have to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, buddy, I'm not letting you take my family. I'm not letting you destroy my home. I'm not letting you bust up my marriage. I'm not letting you get in and get a foothold in my promise. I'm not going to let you steal what God God has given to me and I've fought so hard for up at this point. Somebody needs to get a holy boldness. You've taken it too much. you sat down too long. It's time to stand for what God has promised you. Yeah. Amen. And so, he said, you're going to have to dig. It doesn't matter if you're a prince. A nobleman, who you are. So I see three things at play, and I'm wrapping this up. Obedience, faith, 
and action. Obedience, faith, it doesn't matter how much faith you've got if you're not submitted enough to be obedient to God. He said, submit yourself unto God. Then resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Submitting means to obey. You want deliverance, you've got to learn how to obey the word of God. You've got to bring your flesh into subjection to the word of God. We're living in a lawless world. People don't want that, that, that word submission. You could even feel it in here. It just sucks the air out of the room. But I'm going to tell you, it's still a Bible word. You let your flesh run wild, sir, and it'll destroy you. You let your, because in your flesh there is no good thing, the writer said. Your flesh, it has the seeds of death in it. Your flesh has the seeds of destruction in it. But it's God when He breathes life into you by His Spirit that makes you alive. Not just alive with a heart beating. Not just alive with, with lungs that are, that are taking in air and exhaling. Oh no. But I'm talking about alive. Like you, I'm talking about life. Life and light more abundantly. It starts with obedience. What I got to do, that's where Paul got. Lord, what would you have me to do? Hey Amen. I'm going to tell you, you can get in position. And it's really not until you get in the position that you get help. Where you say, what would you have me to do, God? wanted to do anything. Remember my daddy he got the Holy Ghost. He said I got to the point. I said I'll do anything God. We're talking about a man there were certain things he didn't want to give up certain things he didn't want to repent of there were certain things he was struggling with but finally after several weeks of praying and revival and the preacher would would preach and he'd get convicted. He came down the altar. He said I am willing to do anything to get the Holy Ghost you got to get to that point. You say, I'm willing to do anything to get some help from God. Oh, yeah. you got to unearth some things. you got to be willing to get rid of some things. you got to be willing to put a shovel. That's what repentance is all about. It's coming down and saying, you know what? I'm putting that behind me. I'm putting that behind me. I'm putting that behind me. If God can forgive it, then I'm going to try to forget it. If God can cleanse me of it, then I'm not going to go back to it. I'm not going to hold that over here and treasure it and say, God, that's hands off. That's that's no trespassing. You can't touch that. There's not anything about that that I want to give up. No, I'm giving it all. I'm digging down deep. And it isn't going to be long till you're going to hit a well. It's not going to be long till you're going to get water that is going to, that is going to give you such a quenching of thirst that you would never thirst again. There's power in the Holy Ghost. Amen. God was trying to again transition them into a place of promise. Sometimes we got to, he said, I did it like this before, but, but I want you to be a part of this miracle. Come on. God doesn't give us paper, but he gives us trees. God doesn't give us a garden, but he gives us seed. All you folks are getting those gardens ready right about now. Don't you just wish that you could just go out there and wave that shovel 
a couple of times, and there it is. Poof. It's not that easy. Matter of fact, after you get one, you're going to have to go out there and weed it. You're going to have to go out there and break up the fallow ground. You're going to have to go out there and water it on days when it's dry. In other words, it's going to require continual attention. God doesn't give us buildings like this. He gives us raw materials to build them with. But it's somebody's got to drive a nail. And somebody's got to operate a saw. And somebody's got to carry the boards and the steel and the bags of concrete or whatever it is. You, you got to be willing. Somebody's got to work a trial and, and somebody has got to be willing to go out and, and to maintain and, and continue to fix and, and continue to work on in order to keep it in order and to keep it organized. I'm going to tell you, it's a miracle, but it's a miracle that we got to continue to maintain in our life. This miracle of salvation, it's awesome and it's wonderful, but if you think that you can just show up here one Sunday morning and it'll all be fixed and and like a spiritual wand is waved over you and you can go on and you'll never have to come back to the altar again. You you, you don't understand what the Word of God said. I gotta come back. Amen. He said, Titus, you're gonna be saved by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. You gotta come back and speak in tongues again. You gotta come back and be renewed in the Holy Ghost again. Sometimes I gotta dig past those fleshly desires, beyond that pride and unbelief, and deeper than that discouragement and disappointment. I gotta be willing to keep on digging. The Bible says that Isaac digged again the wells of his father. He did dig some wells of his own and got to name them himself. But before he ever moved beyond to the point that he could dig his own wells and call them by their own names. He had to redig Abraham's wells, the previous generation, and call them by the names his father had called them. And the Bible says that the Philistines had filled them with earth. And when he started trying to redig them, can you believe there was people that came and strove with him? They resisted him. I'm going to tell you, when you start digging down, there's going to be some spiritual resistance. And so many of the times we kind of slink back and said, okay, I, I got it. I got enough. I felt a little something. I, I, I felt better. We don't need this to feel better. You need to know that there's been something broke. There's something that's changed here. Amen. I don't want a reprieve. I don't just want a spiritual vacation. I want a breakthrough. I want a spiritual breakthrough. I want strongholds to be pulled down. Come on. I want opposition to be broken through. Bible says there's an anointing that destroys the yoke. I don't want to have to put my head back in this yoke again after I leave church and three or four days from now, this same old spirit that I've been wrestling with comes creeping back upon me. Away with that. I'm through with that. I want to break through that destroys the yoke. Stand with me if you would. The Bible says after he got done digging one well, even though he had to fight and resist, he dug yet again another well. 
And even in this text, it says that they moved from Mantana. And they went from there to another place. And went from there to another place. And went from that point to another place. What is that telling me? There's momentum that can be achieved by one spiritual breakthrough. If you ever dig a well somewhere, then you know you can dig one. If you ever get a victory, then you know how to get one. If you ever get a breakthrough, then you know that it can be achieved. You know it can happen. And if you ever get one, then it's easy to go to the next place in your spiritual walk. And and we don't hear a a long process. We don't hear that there's a long, drawn-out story that is connected to the next well that is dug. But but we just hear that that they went to the next place and and to the next place. I'm going to tell you, there's some victories that can be won in this house. There's There's some strongholds that can be broken through in this house. There's some wells that can be dug in this house. House, amen, that will supply momentum for you to be able to go on from this moment, this service, this Sunday in March, March the 20th, 2022. We'll look back and say, it was there that I got a breakthrough. It was there that things changed for me. And I went from there to the next place and to the next place in God and to the next place and all the way to the promise of what God had for is anybody ready to dig? So, well, I don't know if I can dig in this suit. I don't know. I don't know if I can dig with this hairdo or these shoes on. I don't know. I don't know if I can dig made up like I am today. Amen. If you'll let me come back tonight, preach. Come on. That's not what God's saying. He's saying, I've led you to the place beneath the surface. Just beneath the surface, uh, there's water. Amen. I've, li- I- I- I've led you to the place uh, where there's potential for a well to be dug. Somebody's willing to get a shovel in their hand. Is there somebody's willing to dig it out this morning? Come on. You've wrestled with things, you've dealt with things, you've struggled with things, you've you've had things that you've never been able to get past. You've had things that have bogged you down and been a weight to you. Come on, you can get broke through this morning. You can overcome this morning, but you gotta be willing to dig. I said you gotta be willing to dig. You gotta be willing to give your all. You gotta be willing to give some things up and put some things behind you. You gotta be willing to unearth some things that seem settled and seem secure and, and seem like, uh, amen, why would I want to stir up the dust in this situation? Why would I want to make, uh, amen, a mud hole out of this situation? Because uh, everything seems fine right now. This is all beneath the surface. Uh, amen, if I leave it alone, amen, I can just keep on going like I did. Oh, you really want that? You want to keep going like you've always gone being the person that you've always been how about a breakthrough this morning how about a breakthrough this morning